go. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Formula Hooligan Podcast. Too late to count it down. We're already in. I'm Alex Gomes. You I'm are. Charlie. And uh, we're. This is number 15. This is number 15, <laughs> episode 15. Let's go. We are back to talk about two more F1 races once again because we've missed two F1 races right. since the Four last podcast. Four of 21 episode. or something, right? I think it's going to be the full 23 that they've always wanted. 23 oh, races. Oh, yeah. So they, uh, okay, even with the Russian Grand Prix removed? Um, I think the popular theory was that Turkey might replace it sweet. on the calendar, okay. which, which is pretty sweet. I love that track. Cool. Yeah, maybe uh, let's just talk about uh, the standings because I just checked today and I was pretty shocked that Mercedes is still looming in third. In a car that doesn't deserve to be third. So it would seem. In a car so that doesn't deserve it and a driver that does deserve it, but it's not Lewis Hamilton. So it's very weird. It is very weird. I didn't even check to see where Lewis is. He's got to be like, he, he's not even in the points. He's got to be like no, 12, he, 13. No, he's in the points. He's just, yeah. He's no, not, that's right. He he got a uh, podium. Remember that? He got a podium in the first race. Yep. It was, you know, classic Hamilton looking where he rescued what shouldn't have been a great, you know, finish in the first place because the Mercedes yes. did not look, has not looked good all year. I've never watched that Mercedes go down the track. Somebody needs if, to fill me in, though, not to cut you off on this porpoising shit, because every f***ing 2022 car, it's just bop, 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 bop. You can see their head. Yeah, it doesn't look Like, cozy. down the track. No, it looks like shit. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. So what makes it worse on the Mercedes? Do I don't you know. know. No, I mean, no. they don't know. Yeah, but Reddit <laughs> yeah. makes it seem like it's so apparent. Because you know? it is. They're, they're the worst offenders by far. Right, but I don't know. From, from my naked eye, it doesn't appear to be any different than any other team. I don't know. Really, it's, it's crazy, but it seems down on power, too. I know the Mercedes engine doesn't seem powerful for no. once. It's weird. But who else is running the Mercedes power plant out there? Um, you have McLaren running the Mercedes power plant. Um, Mercedes themselves. Williams, right? Williams. Oh, Haas. Nope, Haas has got the Ferrari. I think Maybe that's that, it. That's, oh no no uh, Aston Martin, Aston Martin. Is running yeah, Mercedes. and they're not running too quick. But um, yeah, McLaren's been so so. So what changes were made though to Ferrari to give them so much more pace this year? I don't know. I mean, it can't just all be the chassis and the aero change. The, oh, the, I think that motor's pretty freaking strong too yes, this year. Yes, for it once. is. It is indeed. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the Australian Grand Prix. That's their first one in three years, I believe. Yeah. Well, that was the race that uh, the started it all. Pandemic yeah. happened, and they turned. They canceled the, it right at the last second, right? Right at the gates, they turned away thousands of people. Unbelievable. I mean, but what are you supposed to do? You have this new virus coming out. Oh yeah, liability. Nobody knows yeah. how deadly it is. Right. I find it ironic that they canceled the race in Australia, one of the most deadliest countries in the world, when <laughs> animals are just around every corner looking to kill you, and then they canceled it because of a. Never mind. But anywho, <laughs> they're back. They are and back. I was hoping to see Daniel Ricardo give a little bit more, get a little better result. But um, I mean, it was their comeback effort. You know what I mean? It, like true, McLaren yeah. looked like potentially the worst car of the year in the first two races. Yeah. And then they come back and finish what? Fourth and fifth? Something, something like that, like that. Or maybe fifth and or fourth and seventh or fourth. Yeah, something like. But it was decent. Yeah. Yep. One talking point about the Australian track is the changes to the track. That were I didn't notice it to be honest with you. Really? I'm not. Is it? All right. Is it the part of the track where? Uh, who went off on the fast section there? It's like the left right. Um, oh, Carlos Sainz. Yes. Was yeah. that the part they changed up? No. 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 So the part I, before that, right before that. So okay. You know how it's a long, flat out left hander leading yeah. to that chicane, yeah. if you want to call it that. Yep. Before that, it used to be two corners. 
it used to be a breaking zone into a right-hander and then a, a more gradual left-hander into that flat-out left leading to yep. that chicane. Now, there's none of that. Now, it's just a straight shot just coming out of that, The I think, turn six. It's turn six and seven, and then okay. it's just, ying, you just go right through the, like it's a straightaway now. It's no longer two corners. Personally, I thought I was going to like it because it's like, hey, faster. Yeah, that's pretty cool, whatever. I kind of miss those corners, to be honest with you. I mean, it does, it it gives a better run up. It, well, it gives a better opportunity to run up and try to pass somebody into that left right chicane. But that's such a tough place to pass, as right. we saw. There's not. Right, right. Uh, not a lot of. You know what they should do since they made that? Actually, no, here's what they should have done kept the, the right left like they had it, mm-hmm. and then f- smooth out because there's, there's a track for it. There's a layout where they could just keep that a sweeping right-hander and not have that little chicane. You know what I mean? You can see it in the track. You don't like the high-speed chicane? No, because of this reason. I would have rather them keep the little left-right, or right-left, rather, yep. before that, yep. and then change the other faster turn. I think that would have been better. Really? Yeah, because it's stupid. It just it doesn't lead. You can't do anything with that. There's nothing. You can't do anything with that, but right. I think it's one of the coolest sections in Formula 1 only because of how freaking fast, fast yeah. they go through there. Yeah. Shit like that is what is what gets me going about Formula 1. Like the swimming pool section in Monaco, when they come through there flat out at 160 miles an hour on a road, it's just it's so cool yeah, so to watch. Yes, you mean after the down the hill, through the tunnel, down yep. the hill, the chicane, and then yep. by the swimming pool. Or yes, yeah. Where it goes, it goes, you know, kind of like a medium left, but then it's a, a flat out left right, and then a, a right around the swimming pool. You know what I mean? Oh yes, stuff that like section is that so left tight. right. Yeah. Oh, that that stuff is where it's at for me when it comes. Yeah, to Yeah, like remember cars. that famous shot? I don't remember who it was, but he like kissed the the barrier with his tire. But mm-hmm. Did it just right? You know what I mean? Like literally, it, was it pre- seems like every year. Perez. Perez did it last yeah. year. Yeah, in the Red Bull. Yep. But it's stuff like that that I love about Formula One. And that corner in Australia, if you watch like, like crowd pick, you know, videos that they take themselves when they come through, and they're just like, yeah, and they just disappear quicker than you can comprehend. It's it's amazing. So I would not get rid of that corner. Yeah. At all. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I don't know if either of our opinions matter. The racing was a little bit blah. Yeah, I'll admit that that Australian Wasn't one Grand of the better Prix. Races. No, so if we go through a bit of a summary of what happened, we did have Carlos Sainz going off on lap two. Yeah, he goes off in that chicane, right. beaches it, and because of the way the rules are, you can't get restarted and you can't have you know out assistance outside of the car to get going again. So he beached it, and his race was done, even though the car isn't damaged. And I'm sure if he got a push from you know the trackside vehicle, or whatever, it'd be fine. But that's M's the rules, you know. It's not like a NASCAR, IndyCar, IndyCar, and NASCAR. They can have assistance to like get going again. I didn't even know that. Well. Yeah, yeah, and you'll see, like, especially in IndyCar races, because they don't have an onboard starter. Um, the track crews will have starters, so they'll they'll put it in the back of the car, get them going again, and they'll be like, "All right, see ya." Really? Yeah, but not F one, not allowed. The f- yeah, that seems weird. They don't have a starter on the IndyCar. No. Like in board, like you just press the button and there's nope. no electric starter that just kicks. Nope. It's just like uh, just like some go-kart classes. They have to put a starter into it and start <laughs> to get it going. That'd be awesome if they're out there pull starting it. <laughs> no, not quite. Not quite. A lot of race cars are like that, dude. A lot of race cars don't have onboard starters. It's a safety thing, right? I, I think it's a weight it's thing. Be... Weight? If really? I were to guess. Yeah, you, you, it's one less thing to have in I the guess car. you're right. Yeah, maybe. It's, probably, it's not even just weight. It's probably just um, space of stuff that you want to put in the car. You know, it's one less thing that has to yeah, be on the car. Yeah, starting a car you would think would be pretty important. <laughs> but I guess Yeah, but you don't plan on crashing it. You don't plan True. on stalling well, it. Remove reverse gear. I don't know. 
I don't know. F1's, F1's different with the hybrid stuff now because they can basically run on electric power for a very short time to start it on um, on gas gas power. That's what happened to Perez last year uh, for the opening race in Bahrain. He stalled on the uh, formation lap, and he's like, what's going on? And then he started it back up and got back to his position. It made it for a, a, that was a great race, but that was last year. This year, we like I was said, we had science going off in the gravel. He's done. It's all set. Then, to be honest with you, I'm kind of having a hard time remembering what else even happened in the race. The other notable thing that happened pretty early on was that Max Verstappen broke down and brought out a safety car. I don't even remember that. No. Nope. He was going into turn one. <laughs> Excuse me. Going into turn one. He's going into turn one, and the car basically was just like, "Yeah, I'm all set." Turned and off he- again. It turned off on him, and he pulls off on the outside of turn two, and he gets out, and the car, I think it was a hydraulic leak, so it started a little small fire, and he's showing the marshals like, hey, you know, extinguisher uh, yes, yes. up in there, please. Yep, 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 I do remember that. Yep. But did Perez suffer the same fate later? No? No. No, no it wasn't like Bahrain where they both okay. blew up. No, 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 no. Um, but what it allowed was to kind of make the race interesting for the second, third, and fourth places because it was Perez in second. And now Russell, no, was it Russell in third or Hamilton? Uh, Russell was in third because I remember him getting the podium at the end. And I remember Hamilton. It's so funny because, you know, Hamilton was struggling. I mean, fourth place, but that's that's kind of struggling as far as Hamilton's standards go. And uh, I remember late in the race, he said something really odd. Like, he told his team, like, you guys have put me in a tough position. And it's like... Dude, you're in fourth place because the safety car came out. You're not in fourth place because of anything the team did. I have no idea what you're talking about. He's just disappointed he's underperforming. I Yeah, but to put the blame on his team all of a sudden. I know a lot of people love to say that he's the biggest crybaby in Formula One. And to some degree, yeah, I know. He he can come over the radio and just be like, uh, everything sucks. Uh, uh, and and kind of sound like that. But he rarely ever like... Throws his team under the bus. Right. Throws the team under the bus blatantly. Usually... Usually what I see out of Hamilton is that he will sound kind of whiny over the radio, but then once the checkered flag comes out, he'll be like, all right, thank you guys, you know, good job, blah, blah, blah. He's usually pretty good about that. But this this time, yeah, not not so uh, not so appreciative. And that definitely continued into Imola. <laughs> yeah, well, you know? in Imola, he was lapped by his buddy, yeah. his arch nemesis. <laughs> well, I, well, I don't know about buddies. His creepy dad was loving it. <laughs> That's Max's dad, by the way. But, um... Yes. Yeah. So Charles Leclerc picked up some uh, some more points. Yes, Charles uh, Leclerc. He won. Win the, he won Grand the race. Grand. I think he got the Grand Slam where he, it was pole for qualifying. Won the race, fastest lap, um, and led every lap. That's a Grand Slam of Formula One. So which Lewis has a million points. of those, but I think he's got a few. Yeah. Um, Irony is Max did that in Imola. Right. <laughs> right. Literally back and forth. And I actually read that um, I guess it's the first time that two different drivers have had a Grand Slam in a season since like the 70s or something crazy. Really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. There I, were none like that last year? Well, if anybody did it, it was only one person. Huh. You know what I mean? Wasn't I would Max assume it was either either Max Lewis. or Lewis. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, but yeah, Emily was fun because of the rain at first and a little bit of... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, intermediate. Did anything else happen in Australia that's worth talking? I mean, Sebastian Vettel crashed a whole bunch, which was unfortunate. He's just what's like going on session. with him anyway? He's got the rocker that was, hair; it's that like was down his... over his eyes. I don't think you can see while he's driving. That's the <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, it was his first race back since having COVID. He missed two of them, 
Right. So he's True. had some time out of the car. Wait, was that where we saw Magnuson come? Has Magnuson been back every single? Or... Yeah, because uh, what's his nuts that's got right. fired? The Russian. Yeah, kid. the Russian dude. Yeah, so that's. I don't even remember his name. He was so forgettable. Mazapin. Mazapin. Yeah, Mazas. I'm sorry, Mazapin. Yes, he got fired. And yeah, we so... could do a whole podcast on just him. Oh God, I don't. I know. have paid no attention to him. He's done some interviews and i just don't care i don't i don't, care I don't feel bad for him your dad's a billionaire bad. you drive a formula one car yeah you cry me a river your, your dad, country's blowing up people your dad has like <laughs> private dinners with the dude who's currently yeah. bombing another country like and we're supposed to feel bad for you no you weren't there no, anyway. but yes magnuson has been in every race because of that kind of kicking mick's ass which is kind of showing like yeah maybe um, that mick schumacher kid ain't so great i think we talked about this in the last podcast to be honest with you, but it, it's continuing like in races three and four yeah, it's. I mean, I don't think Haas had the best Australia, but they had a pretty decent Imola. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think wasn't. Uh, How did he finish like fourth? Didn't he? No, that was. Um, Imola went Max, Perez. No, no, no. It went Max. Yeah. 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 Red Bull one two. And then Leclerc was three. No, Lando. Oh, that's right. Leclerc spun. Right. Oh, he hit the uh, chicane a little too hard. Yeah, he ate it up really, really hard. Yeah. He recovered pretty good, though. Uh, well, I mean, not I mean, really. He, well, he, he ended up fighting back a few positions, though, well, which is right. pretty impressive. It's tough to pass. Yes. Let's let's go back to towards the beginning of the race. So it did start in the wet, like you said. And it was funny because uh, as I was watching it, um, it started to dry out. We started getting the dry line. And, um, oh. Leave it to Daniel Ricciardo. Worth noting. The first one out there. Uh, well, Daniel Ricciardo in turn two or three. Gets into science and science oh, beaches it again. Well, that was all Daniel's fault. You saw the yeah. replay. Turn yep. one, yep. he goes scooting right over the curb, right in him. He re- he apologized too. So he did. Yeah, he owned up to it, which is that's pretty cool. It's that's kind of rare these days with F one. It always seems like they put the blame on the other guy. True, but I think when you hit the curb, what are you gonna say? But then again, it, Monza. Remember when um, Max hit the curb and drove over Lewis's helmet? He didn't apologize, did he? No. Of course not. I mean, they're both fighting for P1 in the championship. Yeah. But anyway, very, so. Very tight, tight P1, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it sucks for science. He beaches it two weeks in a row. No, oh, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, it kills his points uh, for right now and Ferrari's hopes. But um, they'll, they'll, be fine. they'll be fine. Yeah, I just, I feel bad for the kid. You know, he, he just got a contract extension for Ferrari. So, he's like, he's in the team for another few years. And as soon as he gets that extension, it's like... Doesn't doesn't really show that <laughs> it's not his fault, like you said, but it's just kind of a downer that it has to go like that. Wasn't there some stupid rumors about a Ferrari trade, or you know, uh, with somebody? I'm trying to think who would have who would it be. There was talks of like a driver swap. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah it was on Reddit. It's uh, you know complete bullshit. Oh, yeah, if it's on. But Reddit, I'm just then trying to think of who it was because it was it was kind of funny. And it's, I'm struggling to think of who it would be. Um, Antonio Giovinazzi is the reserve driver. Yeah, you yeah. see him on the wall every once in a while. They'll, they'll they'll put him on TV, and he's on the pit wall watching the race. He's just so strange. He looks like somebody <laughs> that would have like cigarettes like wound up underneath <laughs> his sleeve or something. I don't know. He does look like a Ferrari driver. The Italian Jesus. Yeah, he, he is exactly. He's like Scott Stapp out there, like racing. But. Um, yeah, I thought Imola was a good race. I know it's a tight track, but I I, I love that track. Oh, I love it's it too. I think track. it's better than Monza. I know Monza I gets Monza. all its credit because it's super fast. It's it like, sucks. 
It's flat. Boring. It's like straight away, straight away, chicane. Straight away, straight away, chicane. Then straight away, straight away again. And then chicane is just back. And it's just like a slot car track. You know? Yeah, almost. Yeah. It's exactly. It's exactly. That's my least favorite. Yeah. But, so um, if, we, if we go on with the race, science is out. Sucks. Brings out the safety car. They have to rescue his car. All that good stuff. And like I was saying, the it started to dry out. But they always kept talking like... It was going to rain again. Right. Right. Don't you think that's just drama? No, 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 no. no. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be lying over the radio about rain. I mean, maybe they would. They'd freak out some some of the other uh, teams. But uh, I remember, I think it was Ricardo might have been the first one that tried to go for slicks. because he he was was sucking. He was in last place. Right, because he had damage from the first crash. So he was Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did. It was just like, let's gamble and try shit. Who see? You know, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, Shortly thereafter... Like a lap or two later, all of a sudden, it's like another three cars come in, another eight cars come in, another, you know, the rest of the field. And they all started doing it. Yeah. And um, they were immediately seconds faster, like one to two seconds faster, almost yeah. immediately. It's the right call. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It, it was the right call, and they kept getting faster and faster as the race went on. Um, the race for second was very intense for a little while, because I remember, I think it was Perez was the first one to come in to go to the slicks as opposed to Leclerc. Remember? Right, right. So it was Leclerc and Perez that were fighting the whole time. He yeah. was chasing him down, and then he ended up beaching it. Right, right. But if you remember initially, um, when they were doing the pit stops to get back on the slicks, uh, Perez takes his slicks first. Yep. Then Leclerc comes in, takes his slicks. Leclerc comes out ahead of Perez, and then they go into the first series of corners. But now that Leclerc is on super cold tires, as opposed to Perez, who did a whole lap, and now he has warm right. tires, he passes him. Going, excuse me, going into that, uh, what is it, turn three, like turns five and six, I think it is. Yep. Like get passes him in there, which like I never see passes. No, that's tough. It was, that's actually a lot of what really made this race entertaining for me was that there was a lot of passing or a lot of attempts for passing. You're right. Not just in turn one. Exactly. So there was phenomenal. Yeah. There was even people suggesting uh, we don't need DRS anymore, you know, because of that. It's like, okay, I don't know Mm -hmm. about that. There's still plenty of tracks where you, I think it's, it's built into the track. You almost have to have it. Yeah. Because there's too long straightaways. Well, it's, it's still the design of the cars. And I, I think they're better at following this year. It's just, it's still not like guaranteed. I still think the width of the cars and the, the yeah, yeah, that definitely is a factor as well. Um, oh no doubt about it it's yeah they just showed like the uh size comparison you know between like a 90s formula one and the new one it literally yeah, looks like a miata next to a Mustang. it's ridiculous yeah it really is i understand the bigger the car it's all probably mostly safety and stuff like that because well, definitely is faster bigger uh traction pa- or um, tire patch you know what i mean so yeah i mean the tires can be the same size but the car can be skinnier true but know? the wheelbase is what i'm getting at it's gonna be longer <laughs> right right right, right. longer wheelbase more steady, more yeah. steady yeah wider lines track. anyway yeah, but uh, no, so Imola didn't disappoint, and uh, Max, uh, well, no all right. stop him. Here's a funny thing. It didn't disappoint for me. I actually quite loved it. It seems like most of the Formula 1 community and you guys, in, like our text group, thought it was boring. And I was like, did you guys watch the same race that I watched? Because I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, this is crazy. I know the race for first was gone. It was just Max. He was gone. Yeah. yeah. But like, the like, I remember, I think it was Botas tried to yeah, make a... Great- a Great race. Yeah. Wasn't it him and... Um, Russell. Yeah. Yeah, Russell running in fifth. I was... Didn't you feel bad? I wanted to see Botas pass a Mercedes. Me too. But he couldn't do it. I wanted to see it couldn't happen. Couldn't do it. I wanted to see it happen. Oh, And, and that he, was a fight for 10th, I think, wasn't no, it? No, no, no. It was a fight for fifth. Fifth so place. Wait, but Botas ended, though, 
in sixth. He, oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. I thought he ended at like eleventh. No. 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 Right. No. No. So no, he no. did. Okay. He's up in the points. Yeah. yeah. Well, up in the points with an Alfa Romeo, dude. When the last, yeah. When's the last time an Alfa finished in sixth? Oh, I hope people well, realize he I mean, was fast. Some people they finished, thought he was terrible. They finished in sixth in Bahrain this year, but it's like this year's form for that Alfa Romeo has been something else. Really it's something. The Ferrari else. engine. I think that's a big contributing factor, and I think that's a big uh, contributing yeah, factor to um, the success that uh, Haas is having as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they've been doing great. They've been doing fantastic, really, really good. You know, um, but yeah, I don't know why everybody thought it was a boring race. Like I said, I understand. Well, the first couple of races were so outstanding. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah, they were. I'm tough to follow up. This year is looking like it's going to be a thriller. You got Mercedes nowhere near the front of the pack, really. You know what I mean? So you're not going to see the usual guys winning all the time. We'll see, though. I mean, I would argue last year, because of the closeness of the final race and what it meant, that was the best season in, you know. Oh, definitely. Who knows how many years? Definitely, definitely. Certainly since I've been watching. So this year, even if every race is close, if it's a runaway, say Leclerc's way out ahead, do people care about a chase for third, you know, come race 20? We'll yeah, see. yeah, I understand, but I'm I mean, sure they care. we've, we've sponsors had sponsors care, but do we? I don't know. No, not really. No. We already, we already had one great race for the lead at uh, Saudi Arabia towards the end yeah. of the race, where yeah. it was Leclerc and Max like trading spots for a little bit before. Uh, Makes great highlights. You ever notice that? Like every time they are like showing a commercial for Formula, and they just keep showing that sequence. It was yeah, like back and forth, back and forth. Sparks. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, I don't know. It's shape. To me, it's shaping up to be a pretty cool season. Yeah, and I think Lando still has some potential. I think he's I, he's uh, in it to fight for third. I made the bold prediction this year that uh, Lando was, excuse me, Lando was going to win a race. Well, see he, if that actually comes to fruition. Last year he didn't, did he? It was Ricardo. No, it was won. Ricardo. Ricardo yeah. won the race. Yeah. Yep. Ironically enough. <laughs> yeah, probably the maybe the less deserving McLaren driver of the two to get that win last and that year. That was at Monza. It was at Monza. I mean, it was a one-two for them, so that's still pretty cool. Um, yeah, but overall, I think they're uh, they're still there's something they're, not fully right about that car. It's so weird to see because the first two races were absolutely abysmal for them, and then all of a sudden in races three and four, you have like a fifth, sixth place finish or whatever they managed, and then a podium in race four. How do you go from that's like that's like if uh, in Miami all of a sudden Williams is racing for the podium. You know what I mean? That's pretty crazy that they were able to turn it around like that so quick. Yeah. It's I'm, unbelievable. I'm curious to see how drivers adapt how quickly to a new track. Because mm. up until now, all they've had to do is a simulator, right? You know, some. Well, yeah. I mean, it. what was uh, Saudi Arabia was the new track last year. Right. You know? And they all. It is pretty amazing how quickly they, they kind of. Yeah. I, th- I think the, the sim racing probably does help because they're, they're simulators. Lando and Max. Yeah. Their simulators are kick ass, you know. The McLaren simulator, the Red Bull simulator. I'm sure it's about a million bucks, easily. Who knows? (laughs) We'll never know. No, I'll never be in one. You know, and if I do, they'll just let me sit in it. They won't let me drive it. (laughs) No shit. I know, right? Or maybe I'll just get to look at it. Like, wow, that's the McLaren simulator. Got to be like Jimmy Broadband to get in there. Yep. Didn't he? uh, I think one of the YouTube kids there did uh, an F1 simulator, didn't they? Like a legit one. Broadband's done it, I think. um, Okay. Somebody else has done that. To me, they still look. I don't see what really makes them worth. I've never been in one, but at the end of the well, day, you got you got the movement and all that kind of stuff, and you're sitting in an actual chassis, right? That's which true. is pretty cool. You're probably strapped in like you would be strapped in. Same exact, yeah. But I think 
the big thing about it is that you have field guys of view too, right? Because the way that field of view, but I think the biggest the biggest thing about it is that their simulators are their simulators. That's true. So, so they're constantly is exactly all the data is right. All the data, but they're constantly changing the simulation as well. Like I, I know a lot of like uh, like the test drivers that will be on the simulator all week work a lot to make sure that the simulator matches reality. You know what I mean? And they because it's their simulator and they yeah they work just as hard as a regular team, right? But yeah. it, because it, it's it's their simulator, they have guys who are video game programmers or whatever that constantly change it to make it like reality. You know what I mean? Just to try to make it so that both reality and simulator are the same, so that cool. you can use it to get the real data that you need if, when you can't go to the track as much as they used to be able to. What a good job that would be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. I think if maybe for you, but I think if I had to be stuck at a simulator eight hours a day, I'd be like, I'd probably get sick you of would, it eventually. Well, you would just be, yeah, you'd be like, you'd feel like um, George Russell last year. You know, you want to move up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you can only do virtual for so long, you know. It's like being stuck with Pornhub for the rest of your life. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's not quite the real thing. <laughs> they let me go on it all the time. Yeah. I want the real thing. Yeah, they keep asking me how close to reality it is. <laughs> it's getting there, coach. It's getting there. We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh Jesus Christ, Charlie boy. Yeah, so they're um Miami Grand Prix is happening. Like Miami this Grand weekend. Prix is, I can't is coming believe up. that's happening. I've seen all the trailers, the videos, the Red Bull videos, which I think everything about this race looks corny and stupid and just horrible. And I don't mean to say that because I'm not going. I I, I did want to ri- originally go, but yep. now that I've seen everything, heard everything, I just think it's gonna be an utter failure. It's like First of all, no. it's like in Fort Lauderdale. It's like a half hour north of Miami. It's not on the water. It's underneath a bunch of overpasses. I mean, it's the Dolphin Stadium, you know? it's. I've been there. I don't think it's going to be a failure, dude. I don't... I mean, hey, I don't I want think it it's, to be, but I think it's going to be wicked success. The, the I think it's going to be amazing success. I don't think it's necessary. It seems like the type of race that isn't really built for the common man. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> like the, the ticket prices, oh, the yeah, fake marina. For the, the, yeah, it's meant for the right. It's fake meant, titties and oh, yeah, nose job people. Exactly. It's it's made for people who have Yeah. You know. Did you did you see the ticket prices? I heard. So nine now it's up to nine hundred dollars for just Sunday general admission. Oh my <laughs> You see what I mean? We don't even. No one even knows what that means. General admission, because you never. No, it's never happened. Usually, before. you don't. You don't get a seat. Well, I know that's what it means, but I mean, some tracks are better than others where you can have a viewing angle. This one might have none. You might pay nine hundred dollars right. just to say you were there. You know how, like, when we go it's to Montreal, right? Um, you've sat in the hairpin with us before, so. Oh yeah. Remember where we used to enter onto the track for the hairpin, right? Mm-hmm. We would enter on the left side of the hairpin, walk backwards down the track go over a bridge to get to our seats when we first walked in on the left side of the hairpin you know how there were a bunch of people like against the fence there yeah that's general admission for right montreal it those, looks cool those, for like two seconds i'm sure it's pretty cool but like those people i mean i guess when you're right there at the hairpin you have the tv you might hear the announcements still so you might still know what's going on but um i bet you a lot of general admission on other tracks you probably have like no idea what's going on you know what i mean you probably sit at a straightaway and you just Form, see, you just see yang and then you Formula like, One tracks, right? Because I'll tell you what, 
I went to Long Beach a couple weeks ago. Yes, let's get into that. So Charlie Boy here. I went- finally went to an IndyCar race. Yes. I had no idea what's going on. Everyone's asking me. So first of all, it's L.A., right? Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one there is a race fan, really. So I just shout out a few things, you know, uh, that sound like make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. So people start thinking I'm like the designated guy to ask questions. <laughs> You're the expert, and I don't want to let people down. So I just start ma- making up stuff like uh, Tom Brady made that pass, and they're like, okay, they just believe me, <laughs> they don't know. I mean, I just can't tell. I don't know the numbers. I I freaking had the uh, the like a uh, app open, and I'm just like oh, 24, 24. This. It looked like I was at a casino, like voting or uh, you know, well, all right. so, throwing money on a horse. So where you were sitting, and you were sitting at turn one, correct? Yes. So I was at turn one um, right before that left-hander. But the reason I picked that side was because you can see him breaking. So I was right at the 300 mark, which is where they break. Which, yep. by the whole, by the way, the second I got home, you know, I had to get into iRacing and to try it out. <laughs> yeah, Dude, yeah. the cool thing is, is literally right at 300 is right on the money where you break. Nice. It's cool, yeah. Okay. So you picked that spot because I, I did what you said. I went on YouTube, clicked different seats. You could get a vantage point. But the cool thing is you could see him exiting or taking that left-hander on the other side of the track. That would be like, I don't know what turn that is, but it's when they come all the way back around. So for the price of one ticket, you get two turns. Kind of like two corners to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's because cool. a lot of people, what they go for is looking down towards uh, the left-hander at turn one. Yep. Which, if I was to do it again, I think I'd rather be there just to have more of a viewing angle to see. Like, Because where I was at 300, you, they're coming up 200 miles an hour and then break, 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 break. And then like you would see a pass or you know a failed pass, which is cool, but you didn't get to see any of what happened right after. Where if you were looking down that that turn yeah you get to see him breaking and passing and then finishing it off and you get to see a little more but the point of why i bring this up too is phenomenal track uh highly recommend it it's cheap as it was like a hundred dollars a ticket and that was not general admission that was for a good seat that's in this day and Uh, age general admission it would have been i don't even know how cheap maybe 40 bucks 45 bucks yep yep but so, what I want to ask you is that when you're sitting there in turn one, do yeah. you have a TV? Do you have commentators? No. So that's the thing really? about the difference between Formula One and IndyCar. It is like poor man's – it's poor man's Formula One. Sorry, that's what IndyCar is. Oh, boy. Is. Rick Brown just yeah. like shit a brick. <laughs> it's literally poor man's Formula oh, One. Oh, no. So I amped this up. I brought my girlfriend, and I was like, you know, I wanted her to go, right? So I kind of told her – I described – Montreal's Formula One. Yeah. You know, the venue, the music, and just the sex appeal of Formula One. Mm-hmm. Well, we get in there, and it's a bunch of f- fat guys with their bellies. It looked like a NASCAR event. <laughs> no uh, way. Not what I expected. Uh, there was the glitz and glamour of the nice cars. Like, they yeah. had, like, a pseudo car show um, in, you know, um, in one of the uh, – uh, right near the hairpin, that turn. There's a little area back there. Where okay, yeah. Because they did parade laps before the race. Yep. So, anyway – I amped her up. We get in there, and it's like they were selling like like the food vendors were all terrible. I told you the merch they were selling was terrible. It was just second rate. It's you know what I mean. It's cheap, cheap shit. It's okay. poor man shit. So I was like, oh. F-. But um, turns out though, the cool thing about it was, well, for her anyway, is that dude, all those restaurants like, you know, Hooters, P.F. Chang's, Yard House, you name it, all that shit's open, and it's like so cool because we were literally. If you don't want to buy the shitty food, which it was shitty, you could literally walk up to a restaurant. They just give you food and you take it with you or do whatever you want. Drinks. That's, that's pretty it cool. It was pretty cool. It was like a block party. Yep. Yep. Um, and the prices were 
Um, surprisingly pretty decent all around. Like I expected everything in LA to be super expensive. Now the gas was, but yeah, the, uh, this event was, dude, I spent like 200 bucks the whole day. You know what I mean? It was not pretty bad. Cheap. Yeah. Not bad at all. Not including tickets. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of booze and some food and some $20 posters. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> That's all they had. But, um, the point though, we were saying is general admission sick. If I was to do it again, especially like with a, you know, you or something like that. Yep. General admission. You can go you anywhere. Go. You could hang out. There's not, um, there's no paper like covering viewing points. You can go hang out pretty much anywhere, minus um, over. Uh, what do you call them? Bridges, obviously. Sure. Can't sure. can't do that. But anything other than that, you can view wherever you want. That's pretty cool. Yeah, go down to the fountain, turn, yeah, bubble gum, shrimp company, whatever. Yeah, you you were sending me videos, or yeah. I think you're sending all of us you can, videos. Yeah, you can hang out anywhere. It's cool, and it's like yeah. almost free. I did do the general admission for the other races. So I watched the Porsche Cup. Wait, 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 wait. You, you, your IndyCar ticket wasn't good for the other. Uh... No, it is. But I figured I already saw this vantage point. I want to go oh, so and you walk just around. Explored already. And I did like a okay. few different vantage points. So like for the truck. Uh, so first of all, the Sunday ticket you get Career Cup, you get the trophy trucks. Yep. You get IndyCar. And that's it, I believe. Yep, yep. So it's still pretty sick. Three different races. Yeah, that's awesome. So the biggest thing is. Um, I don't know the section of the track. It's not the straightaway where the start finish is, but it's the other kind of straight where, um, oh, what turn would that be? Well, anyway, that's where they set up the jumps for the okay. trophy truck. So everyone's running over that way. And I'm like, what's going on? So I ran as fast as I could get over there. And I was literally up against the cage. And these things are flying like for me to where that closet is, where the cage is. So that's, they're on the other side of that thing. It's like, holy f- these yep. things are going on or 10, uh, I imagine, or so. And they're going over these jumps and like, it's, it's insane. It's wild. Dude, when Indy, that was so cool. Excuse me. When IndyCar was going to come to Boston, they were going to yeah. have the trucks. Uh, I was, I was almost looking forward to the trucks more than IndyCar. So I'm super jealous. It's a you. race too. So that's the thing. Right, I thought right. it was going to be just a bunch of hacks out there, like jumping for fun. No, 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 Dude, no, no. these guys were racing. Yep. And then the cool part is where I saw from just this general admission, little areas where the little, um, Kind of like a stairwell, so you can kind of get an elevated view. They're up on two wheels going around the corner, getting onto that straight. They're up yep. on two wheels, just manhandling the thing. It's wild. Then to finish the race off. Now, I got to admit, I have no f-ing idea who was out there. I knew um, Always Evolving had a truck. Uh, I'm a big fan of them. Yep. You know, Roger Rodas, Paul Walker. I got the sticker. But anyway, um, so they were out there and a few other. I mean, there was probably, I'd say, 10 entries maybe. Something like that. It's about maybe. right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't have, you know, full, full grid. But, um, but yeah, they're racing. And then after the race, the guy that won to show off on, like, the cool-down lap, I don't know how long he did it for, but it was as long as I could follow him. He was on two tires, just driving around the track. <laughs> on two tires, like you see them doing, like, Baghdad, you know, yep. when those f-ing crazy people yeah, get yeah, up yeah, yeah, yeah. on their minivans yes. and two wheels. I yeah. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yep. what the hell? How do you do that? I don't know. So that was sick. The Carrera Cup was actually really cool, but those guys suck at driving, dude. What, really? Oh, my God. It's hilariously bad. Why? It's, like, I don't want to keep comparing it to iRacing, but it's the same thing. <laughs> it's like a wreck fest, dude. Like, going into the hairpin, you get one guy that, like, they just make these dive bombs that make no sense. There's no way it's going to work. Not on that turn. First of all, the steering lock, it's not going to be enough. You cannot take an inside line to pass someone. When, you know, so this is the um, tire here, you know, to do your hairpin. You try to pass some guy on the inside, and you think, okay, now what am I going to do? Like pull an e-brake and do one of those? 
So they literally end up just plowing into a guy. He's now stuffed in the wall. People don't know. There's no yellow, no nothing, because huh. they probably can't pay to get flaggers. So they just start piling into each other in the hair. It's just crazy. The whole race was under yellow. Really? So, yes, but oh, I still loved sucks. it because the sound. They sound like race yeah, cars. The, the Porsches do sound pretty awesome. Oh, dude. They are incredible. They're fast. I mean, GT3 fast. They are right. just stupid fast now. And uh, right. yeah, it was exciting as hell. So I would recommend it. IndyCar, by the way, I, we didn't really talk much about it, but um, I wanted Newgarden to win, and he did. Yeah. It was amazing. Yep. And our boy uh, Grosjean was Grosjean, right behind yeah, him. Yeah, chasing him down. I kind of wanted Roman to uh, to win just for the Formula One aspect, uh, yeah. and I like him. I think he, you know, yeah, he survived yeah. death. Why not win a IndyCar race? It's probably race? the only professional driver that you watched that day that you had seen previously live. Ooh. You know what I mean? Because you, uh, you've seen Roman in F1 in Montreal. I'm trying to think, though, NASCAR. I think I've seen... Um, uh, Jimmy Johnson? Yes. I've okay, seen, yeah, yeah. I believe. Because yep. he was in NASCAR. Would he be in NASCAR... He was in NASCAR for four the last years? 20 years. No, but when did he make the switch? When did he jump out of NASCAR? He, he retired, was in it four years ago, right? He retired from NASCAR ooh, 2020 or 2019, something like that. I yeah, say, I definitely saw him. I saw him at the Federated 400, Jimmy John. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, it was awesome racing. I, I mean, we, those... We might have lost the camera here. Did we? Well, at least we got audio, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the important part about a podcast. Yeah, we still got audio. Yeah. Cool. You guys don't want to see our ugly no. faces anyway. Who cares? <laughs> no, I've got sweat coming out of places I didn't even know I could. I do. haven't shaved. Oh, no, it's red still. Oh, we're back. We're live. So maybe it's uh, still going. It's dying. Yeah, whatever. It's like that. Never mind. But um, IndyCar sound f***ing awesome. Really? Oh, oh, yeah. They sound way better than Formula One. What? Yes. What? 100%. Really? I thought so. Yeah, I mean, live. I, I Yeah, that's just my honest opinion. Huh. Um, they look better in person. You know, I'm always shitting okay. on the way they look. Okay. They look better in person. Uh, there is that. So I've been shitting on it for being like poor man, redneck. There's a grassrootsness to it, though. That's awesome. So like after the race, dude, I was walking around and the pit crew and engineers and stuff are just walking around where all oh, the yeah. regular people are. It's oh, not like yeah, Formula yeah, One yeah, where yeah. they go off in their limos and their helicopters. Yep. No, these guys pack up. Like I remember walking down like the uh, near the pit entrance and stuff. They don't give a shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? They got all their shit out. Like in Formula One, they zipper it up in a bag like somebody died. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just it's pretty cool. You know, just to, as a as a race fan to see that stuff. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's like I mean that's what um, I don't know if it was Newgarden who said that, but it's it's more like a karting community. You know? It really is. I mean, they're just way more down to earth. If you, if you ever go to a, a sports car race, it's even more like that, dude. I remember oh, yeah. I went to Lime Rock in 2012 to the Grand Am, as they call it, before they called it IMSA. And, like, you can just watch them working on a prototype. Yeah. Like, right behind the – right, they just put up these, uh, you know, stanchions with the rope, and you can just stand behind the rope and watch them just wrench on whatever they're doing. And, like, I remember uh, walking walking through the paddock in, in uh, Lime Rock and, like, the Speed TV, because remember Speed? <laughs> the Speed uh, TV. It, yeah. Speed TV crew just, like, ran by me, like, uh, whoever the anchor was, if you want to call him anchor, who yeah, the yeah. trackside analysis yeah. guy was, and the camera guy just, like, da, 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 running right by me. It's right. it's so friggin' cool. It's wicked friggin' cool. Well, and by the way, that's the thing. I did not go, because I think that would have been asking too much of the lady to uh, take her Saturday as well, but I yep. missed IMSA. So they were there. Oh, that's right. LMPs were running, and yeah, that yeah. would, I'm not going to lie, oh, I would have loved to have seen that. 
Those Cadillac uh, LMPs yeah. probably would have been awesome. Oh, dude, yes. Oh, well. I got to see a few of them up close, though, which was cool. They had a bunch... Um, like on display? Yeah, indoors. They had a convention center. I mean, that was the other thing that's cool. In the convention center, they had those. They had an indie car. You could not get in them, but you could touch them. Like the steering wheel and shit. Like, it oh, no is, way. Dude, it's so small. I could not believe... Yeah. How tight it was, just looking, sitting right or standing right next to the Delara, whatever it is, you know, yep. the LMP. Yep. Unbelievable. Like, I mean, the, the wheels like this, everything is, it's pretty, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Even the GT3s were a little more crammed than I thought. Really? Yeah, they had the Acura. Um, oh, NSX, the NSX. GT3, yep. Oh, okay. Really cool looking, yeah. But um, yeah, it just it's like a lot of blind spots. I'm like, no wonder these guys wreck. Can't see anything. Yeah. But they got the cameras now, so. Yeah, I mean the street cars are a lot of these street cars, like sports cars. They're they're getting a little, especially like trying to see behind you and stuff like that. Like the that rear window is starting to get smaller and smaller. The the C8 Corvette doesn't even it has a regular rear uh window uh rear mirror I should say rear view mirror, but you can just press a button and it turns into a screen. There's a camera that faces Sick. out back. Wait, are you talking about the street car? You talking the street about street car? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah because cool technology because that. Now that they have the motor back there, yeah, the firewall behind you is kind of high, and it kind of makes a small window. So they just like, well, we just put a camera on the roof facing backwards. Yeah, yeah, it's I've, probably better. Yeah, a lot of those exotic cars they do that with the side mirrors too. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's inside. that's crazy to me. Uh, I just like to turn my head, but in a race car, that's one thing. Those cars I noticed they have those pads, kind of like NASCAR, and they extend out yeah. to about at least here. So literally. You can't see. You you have this much peripheral vision. I mean, you can still right. see if they're right next to you, but you you don't get that like because a lot of people don't realize your peripheral vision is more than 180 degrees, looking straight ahead. You can actually see. I, I don't I don't want to say because well, I don't. It's definitely true. Probably. Yeah, you've never had someone in a, in come a, up. So like, I could come up behind you, and I could be well behind you, and I can be in your peripheral vision. Sure, but I'm in a helmet. You might be a little bit more compromised. True. You know what I mean? It's possible, yeah. You also, in, in cars, you also have to remember you're wearing the Hans device, so you yeah, cannot really not, rotate your head no. much at all. You yeah, ever worn a Hans? That's a good question. Um, Once. Maybe, yeah, I guess when I was in that spec Miata, I think I threw one on. Okay. They probably um, made you. Yeah. yeah, but it was, dude, it was more just a tether. I think, you know what that was there for? So if I got in a wreck, they'd still be able to find my head as it bounces down the track. <laughs> I don't really think it was a safety item, you know? This episode of the Formula Hooligan Podcast is brought to you by Newport Propane. Wait, wait, now Alex, does anyone even use propane anymore? Do you live under a rock, Charles? Well, I know you can grill with it. Uh Uh-huh. But can you cook on the stove with it? Yes. Heat the house with it? Of course. Warm up the pool? Mm Mm-hmm. Fuel my flamethrower so I can melt snow with it? All right, slow down, Charles. What about when the lights go out? A propane generator will do you right. Okay, okay, so who would I talk to if I want propane in my house? Newport Propane, of course. They've been family-owned and operated for over 60 years now, so I'd say they know a thing or two about propane installation and delivery. Not to mention, they'll come out and give you a free estimate on any propane systems you're thinking about adding to your home. Sounds good to me. How do I get in touch with them? You can call them at 401-847-6878 or visit them online at newportpropane.com. That's 401-847-6878 or newportpropane.com. Newport Propane, proudly serving the Rhode Island area for over 60 years. I gotcha. (laughs) Speaking of that, your head was almost bopping down the track. How fast did you go? Oh, so yes. So uh, this weekend we had a test and tune day at Club Motorsport as which a way is Tamworth? to Tamworth. Yes. Yep. Which is a uh, it was something put together by Jim Paulette. Thank you very much, Jim Paulette. Day rocked. Um, 
he put it together as a way for guys to just come and test and tune and, and you know, just dial in your carts and whatever. Because Club Motorsport has the little bitty go-kart track right next to its usual car track, right? And so um, it was fun. It's probably the most fun I've had at Quick Club question. Motorsport. Quick question. Are they connected? No. Oh, okay. So there's Not no way separate. that you could, like, somehow splice them together and make, like, a sick... No, 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 no. Ah. No, you wouldn't even want that. The car track is so wide as compared to the go-kart track. So it's track. not like Canaan car track. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Imagine the Canaan cart track bits, like the infield bits. Everywhere. Everywhere. And not nah, Club Motorsport's still wider than that. And with appropriate curbing. That's the one thing that drives me crazy about Canaan is like the curbing, even in the go-kart bits, yeah. it's too high. It's not made for go-karts. I don't know why they threw it in No, like they're that. high even for a car. Shit. I, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll get back All to right, that. Yeah, thought. let's hear it. Um, so we were having a lot of fun just running on the cart track, and uh, I've been doing a lot of upper body workouts this year, trying to get ready for you know racing this year. Because my usual complaint every year, especially racing these two strokes, is that like I get tired, my upper body just starts to kill, and I I like right. usually towards the end of the race, I want the race to end because I'm like I'm tired, I cannot hold on for much longer. So I've been doing a lot of upper body workouts this year, and I think it's it's helping. Like, I noticed it in the 24. I was really not hurting the next day after the 24, which was really cool because some of my teammates were like, oh, I'm dead. And I'm like, I'm not so bad. Nice. But now we went went to Club Motorsport. And Club, the Club Kart Track, it's tiny, but it's 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 quite a workout. You don't have any time to relax. It's There's a straightaway that's not really even a straightaway. It's actually a, a gradual full-speed left-hander. So you're you're almost constantly under G forces. So wait now, you're saying even in a two oh six it would not bode for good racing? Maybe two oh six. Maybe the four strokes. Um it's it's just it's difficult to find the opportunity. I'm picturing is it pass. like a uh, X one indoor track, like that size? It is four tenths of a mile. Probably about the same then, maybe. No, I think excuse me. I don't remember. I think F1 Boston was um, a quarter mile, which would be 0.25 as opposed to 0.4. Yeah, that's quite It's still small. 0.4 is is not big. So, yeah, it's you can't. there's not a lot of time to rest. You're always under G, so it seems. And uh, the first run was hard. Like, the first run, I was like, Jesus Christ, I need to work on my cardio or something. <laughs> but then as the day kept going, like, I, I was able to do, like, we were splitting it up into 12-minute sessions. I was able to do the full 12 minutes and be pretty fine. And I was like, this is cool. I'm having a great time. I'm trying out some different parts to try out on the cart, and it seems to be kind of solving some handling problems. And I'm like, this is awesome. Um, big thanks to uh, the Juba family, Tom Juba in particular, who suggested uh, me using some uh, different rear hubs on the axle to stop because my car oversteers all the time right and i like oversteer but it's it's to an annoying degree like even under braking the thing is just like it, it like just wants to come away from me um so we put some longer rear hubs on the back of the axle uh, on the uh, rear axle I mean, the studs I are longer what's longer the hub itself so no the studs are the same right right I imagine so but the hub that connects to the rear axle imagine that it's longer so that like it keeps it extends even farther down the rear axle okay you know what I mean? And it actually helped. It made it so the rear end was more stable, especially under braking. Like, I Why could, does that do anything, though? I'm just trying to think of what would cause it to... Is it the weight? Is it changing? Is no, it, I think it's... it's. I can't really... I don't... I, I don't I, yeah, I'm not gonna, I can't visualize why that would do it. But I'm not anyway. going to try and describe yeah. the physics either right now. I could tell you some <laughs> things, and I bet you'd be wrong. I'm assuming it's, it's like... With the thinner... Um, 
with the thinner hubs, you're probably allowing that axle to flex a lot more. But with the thicker hubs, you're probably not allowing it to flex okay, so much. Makes sense, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're having fun. Here's the thing. At lunchtime, right, uh, Jim starts coming around and he's like, hey, they've told us that uh, they're having a slow day up at the car track. So at 3.30, they're going to allow us to take the go-karts onto the big course, onto the, go- onto the, uh, the regular car track. Which is two and a half miles long. It's really long. So well, wait, now let's just say, do you have any uh, idea? X one outdoors, how long that was? Yeah, one point three. Oh wow, so it's like double. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So obviously, we're all super excited. So I go out. I do a few more runs on the go kart track for a few hours. Um, I gave uh, Will Juva, who was a teammate of mine in the twenty four hours of Nola, the chance to drive my go kart. He's he he drove a Rotax once, and it was like half rainy conditions so it was kind of shitty so this was the first time you know i I gave him the opportunity to take like an actual dry proper run at a two-stroke and he loved it (laughs) he had a lot a very good time you still need to do that by the way yes i do yes you do um but then at like a 230 i stopped and i just started changing the gear ratios and everything else on the go-kart that needs to be changed in order for did you just go ahead and put the longest biggest that you had no no because Knowing how the power band works, or at least what I know about how the power band works in that go-kart, I did my Canaan gear ratio minus one tooth on the rear. So I, I had one less tooth in the rear sprocket. And I was like, that that's probably good, you know, because it's a longer track than Canaan. It's more, it's wider than Canaan. It's probably going to be faster than Canaan. However, I don't want to be out, out of the power band, so one less tooth. I think that'll be good. So... um. We go out onto the car track, dude. And it's so funny because because of how small the go-kart track is, when you get on the throttle on the go-kart track, it takes off pretty quick. It's like, you know, all of a sudden you're in the power van and shit. But it's like, when you're on the car track until you hit the power van. And even then, when you hit the power van, it's not like a snap like it used to. Well, the track's bigger, too, so it's going to just visually look not as um, fast, I guess. Yes. At first. At first. But um, here's the thing about club motorsport, at least with the car track. It is, at least in our go-karts, man, it is a phenomenal track. It has so much undulation. So it's like Palmer, maybe? It probably is similar to it. Yeah. It's got got hills. It's like a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster track, dude. So now, were you carrying speed through the corners, too? Yes. Well, I'm sure you were, right? Because it's a wide track. So you could probably just almost go... Well, you tell me. Were you like flat through these turns or what? Not all of them, no. So no, there were actually to... corners you had to slow down for. That's pretty good. Yeah. But not much break? You mean just mostly just kind of coast a bit? A little bit of break. A little bit of break. Especially for the first few laps. Like, I don't know the track. so Yeah, you don't want to go off. I'm like, right. I'm I'm literally going through a lot of these corners for the first. I, I did this once before. I yeah. was given the opportunity to drive go-karts on this track like a few years ago. But we were literally given like two laps and that was it. So I don't remember the course. So for for Saturday, for this day that we're doing now, it, it really does feel like my first time Which going through these corners again. It is clockwise. Um, is that the direction the cars go? Yes, it's the direction the cars go. Um, but yeah, the four-stroke guys, it seemed like it was flat out for every single corner, especially 206s. It's actually, it was funny. They let everybody who was there go out at the same time. So like... Um, Charlie Roberts, his son, uh, Edward, who is, I think he's like five, right? That sounds he's out, sketchy. He's out in his little itty-bitty cart doing like 
25 miles an hour. <laughs> oh. And then you have guys in their shifter, shifter carts. Cart. Now, what were they doing for speed? They had to be over 100 miles an hour. Easy. Easy, easy, easy. Man. What the f*** though happens, though, at that speed if you like throw a chain or something Here's happens to your tire? Here's the thing. So we, we're on the outlap. Right. I didn't see this happen. I only saw the video afterwards. I'll, I'll show you when we're done with the podcast. But um, Brad, uh, yeah, Brad Danoff, right? He has his shifter. He's out there and his shifter running around. He's coming to take basically what would be like coming to take the green flag for the first lap. And all of a sudden, the engine quits, the rears lock, and he just spins down the front straightaway, like like far enough, fast enough to where it's, it's plumes of smoke. And he uh, thankfully it didn't hit a wall. And he just kind of rolled backwards and stopped. When I was coming down the hill onto the onto the front stretch to take my green flag, um, the yellow flag was out, and I saw him along the side of the wall, like trying to kind of lift the cart onto the yeah. wall. And I'm like, "What the hell happened here?" Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, it's pretty wild to watch it. I'll, I'll show you. Well, how fast was he going when he spun? I bet you eighty something miles an hour, probably, if not ninety or hundred. It was. It cross the start finish line. This is a it's a long ass front straightaway, especially in go karts. Oh my god, it felt like a you know. A well, year. yeah, because I have to imagine in a car you're going to be doing over a hundred. You know, yeah. actually, not a Miata, maybe Miata probably. I think maybe, dude, the maybe spec Miata is like top out of one ten though. I think <laughs> sure, but you can still do over hundred miles an hour. That's true. Um, but the thing was is that like I said, four strokes probably flat out all the way around. I'd have to ask a few people. I I don't really. From like two of sixes definitely seemed like it was just flat out the whole way. You never had to lift or anything. But like I said, two strokes, you had to lift for some corners. And dude, a lot of these corners that you were lifting for were braking zones going downhill into a corner. And it was so fun because like you'd, you'd smack the brakes a little bit, turn in. The rear end is not gripping. It wants to come out. You're sliding around a corner going downhill like this. Right. Almost it full was, speed. It was at like 70 or 60 something miles an hour in a go-kart. It was just Oh my dude, it was so fun. And like I know I'm so mad you didn't have the GoPro uh, attached to you. I know, I didn't bring the GoPro because I didn't expect this and I already have footage of, you know, racing around clubs, so I was like, well, I don't I don't need to bring the GoPro. Then again, yeah, so the GoPro doesn't necessarily really tell the story. For racing it's good, but I think oh, it would have like, told the story better than what I can tell you right now if true. you had the actual visual of it. You need to buy one um, of those like visor cams that goes in your helmet. Those are tempting. It's tempting to, yeah. yeah I are they have. legal? I don't even know. No, they're not legal in our uh, club. Really? No. Why though? Why are you allowed to stick one on the outside of your helmet, not on the inside? You know, you're not even allowed to stick one. You in the NHK, you can't stick one on your body at all. Oh, I didn't even realize. No, like when I put the camera on the on the cart, it just sits on the radiator. Yeah. So it can be on the cart, but it can't be on your body. Interesting. I wonder why. Yeah, uh, the I think it's mostly insurance companies. They're afraid that like if you get flung, right? Uh, and you fly out and you land on your camera, somehow it would hurt you. That's I, what they who knows? Want. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want. Is it raining? No, oh, I thought I heard rain. Maybe. Um But yeah, dude, it was so much it was some of the most fun I've ever had in a go kart. How many laps did you get? Not two, right? No, here's the thing. We did like a 20-minute session, right? And then they threw the uh, like a checkered flag at us because somebody had broken down halfway through the lap. So we come in, and I'm I'm so happy. I'm just giggling. I'm like, this was one of the best experiences I've ever had in racing. This is so fun. And, uh, thinking it's over. Like, ah, that was cool. That was amazing. I'm going to have a lot of stories to tell, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I'm talking to somebody, and then I hear, uh, you know, I hear uh, out of the corner – you know, somewhere over here, 
I just hear like, so we're going to let you guys go back out again. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? Did you say we're going to go back out again? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, go back out. I'm like, okay. So I sit back down. I started back up. And like I had used what looked like more than half a tank of fuel. And I'm like, <laughs> hopefully I have enough fuel to keep going for another session. So we go out for another over 20 minutes. Dude, we probably got like 40, 45 minutes of track That's time. Sick. Wow. On, on the big course. Did you course. do any little fun little uh, kind of back and forth with anyone or no? Yes. So um, in like the – Drafting, I imagine, would be – A little bit, a little bit. So in the first session, I was actually having a nice run with uh, Miles Danoff, Brad's uh, kid. And um, he races junior, right? So technically, his motor is not as powerful as mine. But – He's lighter. He Well, sure. He's lighter. But um, I think his gearing was a bit better than mine because he had a better top speed than me. Which was interesting. So, like, I caught him, like, if that first session was 20 minutes, I probably caught him about 10 minutes in. But then once I caught him, I I probably passed him halfway into the lap after I had reached him. And then I'm driving along, and I'm going up a hill, and all of a sudden, he just go, kind of goes by me. And I'm like, How old is he? It's interesting. I, uh, 13, 12, 13. No shit. He's doing like 90 miles an hour, 13? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he races all the time. It, yeah. they're, they're members at Club Motorsports, so they're – they're at the track constantly. Sick. So he, yeah. yeah, he's, it's not like speed's going to scare him at all. So it was fun. Cause like, even like one time we got into the front straightaway and I was right behind him. So I was like, it's a drafting opportunity. So I'm trying to draft, trying to draft. He's still, he's still taking off. Cause he's got, he's got the better gear ratio than me. And I was like, this is really weird. Like what's going on? Like, and so, um, eventually I had better, I probably had better speed for like the first two thirds of the power band, let's mm-hmm. say. So because of that, I eventually did catch him, and then I eventually was able to just kind of, you know, for the rest of the session, I was ahead of him. But it was fun. It was really fun. Dude, and I bet. And it was perfect weather, right, temperature-wise? Yeah, it was it was, it was pretty great. You know, a little chilly in the morning. But no I, rain, though. No rain. Because rain would have kind of... Uh, Nobody would want to run No, it's them. practice day. And you're, what are you practicing for? You're just going to waste tires. Yeah, I mean, sure, you can practice for rain if you want to. I'm sure it's going to rain this year at some point, so it's, right. it's valid. That'd be good for someone like the me. rain sucks because I swear to God, rain is like glue. So like when it rains, it seems like any rocks, any grass, anything that hits your cart sticks to your cart, and that's what the pain in the ass is—is is the cleanup afterwards. Could you just either get compressed air or pressure washer, or no? You gotta wait till it all dries out, I guess. You know, <laughs> that's the suck. Well, it's- how susceptible is it? Because I one time pressure washed my Mustang engine bay, and it was a disaster. Bad idea. Bye. I covered the air filter and stuff, but it's still so water got on the coils and shit like that. It was just a bad uh, idea. Just don't do it. Yeah, I've never done that before. No, so you should not. Do not plan on it. People do. Well, nowadays you might be able to because there's just a plastic cover over everything. But <laughs> yeah, I know. back when I was younger, they didn't do that. So uh, yeah, don't do that. No itself. Coils are expensive. Coil packs. I'm sure. Yeah, dude. That this weekend was so much fun just because of that full track experience, and it was Talk funny because we and you had a brewery right next to you. Yeah, that was that was the day before. I didn't really do that. Still much night afterwards. before or day. Uh, night before. Yeah, yeah. Night before. Um, it was funny because at the end of the session, right? Actually, like a lap before the session ended, I started hearing like this chugging at the rear of the cart. Like, I'd be going kind of up a hill or stressing the motor, and I would hear, like that, right? And I've heard that noise before. That usually means that the rear sprocket is um, is giving out. Like, the teeth are probably worn down or something like that. But um, I wasn't sure. 
So as I was bringing it in on the cooldown lap, it's it's chugging even more. Every every time I get in the throttle, whatever. Um, bring it in. I put it up on the stand, and like I almost wore all the teeth off the rear sprocket. <laughs> so what what was the reason for that happening? Though? I think uh, probably didn't lube it enough. You know, like I I lubed the chain before every session on a regular day, right? And what's a regular session? Like twelve minutes at most. That's true. So That's true. You know, when we do like the Canaan endurance races, like I have a, like a, uh, like what kind a, of lube a, is it? Is it a spray dry lube? Like yeah, a, I got a, like, a, like a garage door lube. It's nothing crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then for the Canaan longer races, I got like a gel that I'll put on the chain and that usually gets you through the entire session. I didn't use that gel for this thing because we were told, oh, we're going to go out there for 20 minutes. And I, I thought that was going to be it. Just 20 minutes. Not the, 40. The heat must have something to do with it, right? It's got to break it down, too. Whatever lubricant's there, it's got to just wear through it. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't that hot. It was... But if you had broke the chain out there, that could have been bad. Could yeah, it would have sucked. a wreck or no? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything. Dude, I was actually thinking that. I was... Like, there was one corner in particular where you're flying down the hill, and I would hit 80-something miles an hour at the bottom of the hill, right? And I was just thinking, like, what if a wheel falls off? What if a chain comes off? What if anything these, these things happen? Did you actually think that? Yeah, like I was, really? I'd be going no, down the hill, but I, but the, the like, I want to go fast. Part of my brain would just overthink that and just be like, yes, run yeah. a full throttle, woo, down the hill. Here we go, sliding a little bit sideways at seventy nine miles an hour. The fuck I'm doing, uh, dude. <laughs> I, I feel so lucky to have experienced that because like I can't I like if you wanted to do that it, yeah. I can't tell you how to do it you know what I mean there's nowhere you can just go it and was, do it you got to kind of get offered yeah it was the generosity of the club motorsport staff because like I you know Jim put this event together but he constantly told us like it wasn't my idea it was the staff that told me to tell you guys you know don't don't take yeah no that was nice of them uh, that. Was, so what do they charge you for like something like this for the day? Hundred bucks. Club or? club's expensive. So if you're uh, to go to Club Motorsport, um, you first of all, do you have to be a member? You have to be a member. Right, so you're a member? I am not a member. If you're not a member, there's the, like invite days or something. Uh, sometimes um, this was more or less an invite day, but the way it works usually is that. Um, if you want to come and you're not a member, you have to have a member sign you in as a visitor. And I think each member is allowed 10 visitors per day. Okay. It's like a golf club. <laughs> right. No, it is. It's it's a country club, but it's a motorsport track. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, Jim had 10 of us, and then there was somebody else who was a member that had the next 10. And then I think there were, like, 25 of us total that came for the day. So a third person had to let in the next five. Yeah, I mean, it builds a... Clout and reputation, and then hopes that you get more members. Right. right, that's the idea. Right now, I think as a non-member, you're only allowed to be a visitor twice a year. That's another caveat. No shit. Yeah, but and they, but they would still charge you, or did or did Jim get charged, and then he would just ask you for money? No, no, no. We get charged. The visitors get charged by the track, hundred and fifty bucks for the day. But you get a lot of running. You get a lot bad. more running that than you do bad. on a race day. You know what I mean? Now, what is like a? You said you only went through half a gallon. I mean, a half tank. Uh, by the end of that second session, I probably had like an inch of fuel left in the in the fuel tank. And how many how many gallons or liters is one tank? I think two and a half. Two and a half liters. No gallons. No gallons. Gallons. Two and a half gallons. Now consider I'm racing a two stroke, and two strokes go through fuel wicked quick, as opposed to four strokes, because we're literally firing every time the piston hits the top of the uh, the cylinder. You know what I mean? 
four strokes only fire every other time. So we're eating through fuel way quick. Uh, I actually, I need to buy fuel again. I bought a brand new uh, five-gallon jug, right? Not jug, but a can. And what are you running, by the way? Just uh, regular v- pump gas. Right? No, no, no. VP98 racing fuel. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's a benefit to that? It's cleaner. Like, it won't gunk up. Um, yeah. I guess pump gas has more. Yeah, no, I mean, I used to put 93 in just for that reason. I just figured right. it was better for your. Right. But even like 93 pump gas as opposed to 93 right. racing fuel, there's oh, actually really? a difference. Yeah. I didn't know there was such thing as 93 pump gas. I mean, racing fuel. There is. That's oh, what shit. I That's what it I seems... used to run in the World Formula. Huh. Yeah. It so used what does to be... a gallon of that cost? Oh, God. Well, ten bucks. I think I gallon? lucked out this time because I, th- I went to DR to go buy that five gallons. I saw uh, your go-kart got sold. Did it really? Yeah. The 107? Yeah. Man. Was... I saw the fairing. I, I almost wanted to get it, get it and uh, give it to you, but you um, <laughs> yeah, I should have. Um, oh, so wait, if it's sold, though, is it sold to someone that's going to race it or no? I mean, like around yeah, here? Yeah, probably. I, I don't know about around here. Oh, okay. I don't know who they sold it to. Have you ever been to the DR shop? No. Uh, no. It's no. pretty big. Where is it? I think it's located like it, Chelmsford or something. Uh, no. Um, North Shore, no. I have to look it up. It's in New, New Hampshire. Oh, it is? Okay, yeah. forget it. Then I have no idea. Um, pretty big shop. Like that giant trailer, the white trailer, fits inside the shop. Wow, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big operation. Um, there's got to be like 50 or 60 go-karts in I there. I wonder if it went for used car prices. You know, maybe like they sold it for like $7,000. No, it would go for used car kidding. prices. I don't know. Um, yeah, what was I leading to? So yeah, they had their, their pallet of racing fuel and... Last year's price for a five-gallon jug, or five-gallon can, I should say, was eighty bucks. And I thought this year it would be more, just because of how inflation has worked out. But it was still eighty, and I was like, "Well, cool. It's probably just because it's last year's pallet." Still, you know, it's yeah. not like racing fuel really goes bad. So, um, definitely doesn't go bad. I mean, I my motor, I don't know, handled yeah, I don't it really like a champ know. this week. So, um, you don't have to put stable in it or whatever. <laughs> no. No. So, yeah, I, I already need to buy fuel because I, of that five gallons, I probably have only one gallon left. I went through so much fuel on Saturday. That's what sucks. Like, the, you know, I think about becoming a mem- member at club so that I can go to club and race whenever I want. It's too far away, though. It's too far away. And the it's more. It's a night out. You got to pay. It's. Right. The more you run your go kart, the more it costs. Because tires. Too. Tires and fuel and everything like that. It's like, I want to be on track more often, but I can't. You know what I mean? What? Oh, Sim, <laughs> shut the f*** up. <laughs> I mean, you have a point. No, it sucks. I'm sorry it sucks. You know I hate that. I hate virtual shit. But you love what are you talking about? You no, love No, no, no. I, I I hate it. If I had No, hold on. In a perfect world, if I was rich, yeah. I'd be like one of those guys that buys a house right on VIR. Garage mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. racetrack. Mm-hmm. Done. Mm-hmm. That's your simulator. But I'm not rich, so. Yeah. I have aspirations to one day own a house instead of just pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's sick. That's cool. I mean, I um there's Palmer has they've got a uh, a small go-kart track too. Remember they were building they're that cuz they're a club too. They're building one now. Um Palmer's not really a club cuz oh, cuz they ha- they host races. Maybe uh, you can be a member, but they actually host races. That's that's so the thing more about like club. Lime Rock, then? 
club club doesn't host races. It's basically for members, and they can just come run their expensive but see, cars. I thought that's VR, VR, VIR is a club too. I thought. It's probably a mix, Both, but I, yeah. I think club motorsport is mainly membership based. You know what I mean? It's track I saw days. like actually it's... a motor motor trend or road and track had a uh, article about that track you went to. It's pretty nice. They did one on uh, Palmer and uh, club motorsport. Gotcha. Like, yeah, I loved it in a go kart, dude. Yeah, it's got to be fun. In a I car. mean, I saw all the videos and photos. It's beautiful. I mean, it's like like you said. I love elevation change. Um, yeah. What does an elevation change feel like in a go kart though? It's got to be kind of cool. Well, the downhills, like I was saying, were like sketchy because the rear end just wants to come around the entire time, and you're just, you're just like, you just like save it, save it, save it, save it, save it. <laughs> but the turns are probably, I would imagine, the turns feel more banked on a cart because they're designed for a car. So did it feel like you always kind of had a little bit There's of banking? Not much. Work? Um, the corners didn't really have banking per se. Okay. It was pretty flat as far as like camber goes. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the downhills were were very very fun. The uphills are a little un um, uneventful because you're yeah. Well, because you have to remember, even though the two stroke go karts are relatively fast, it's still only thirty horsepower, and when you're trying to go up a hill, you're still like he, you know, like you're actually losing a little bit of a little bit of speed as you go up a hill. You of know? course. Cause it's still low power, but going downhill and all of a sudden it's like all oh, the power's back and it's just like the rear end just wants to slip. Oh, it's yeah, so, so let fun. Me, does let's so if you're on the throttle, is there almost like if you let off the throttle too aggressively, you get like a quick oversteer from that though? If you were no, going, it's not, not in like you know, not what in I'm the carts. Of? Like okay, so it's not like that. You don't you get don't really the, get the weight transfer like that because. At least with the two strokes, dude, it seems like a lot of what you do is based on how much are you spinning up the rear wheels to to rotate the cart. Well, I would imagine the brakes are still the most. Well, sure, yeah, you can you use I mean? use the brakes to pitch to pitch and whatnot. But like, like in the Rotax, I'll get on the throttle a little bit earlier than the Apex. But you you don't have four. You have just two rear brakes, right? One. One is what I meant to say, right? right. Yeah, just okay. the one yeah, rear brake like on the, the rear axle. With, yeah. No, 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 no. The shifters have three brakes: the two in the front and the one in the rear. Um. Yeah, but I just have the rear brake. But like like I was saying, like I'll get on the uh, throttle before the apex just because it'll start to rotate the rear and it kind of helps you rotate throughout the rest of the corner. You know what I mean? Just it's it seems like anytime I've driven a two stroke that it's just it's oversteering in nature all the time. Not so in a four stroke. A four stroke like in, in, when I used to race the World Formula, I could make it so that when I got on the throttle it would kind of pitch the rear, you know, especially in slower corners. But you can you can have proper understeer. I don't remember ever experiencing understeer where I felt like, oh god, I, I need less understeer. I don't no, 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 nah, nah, me neither. You don't really get that. Yeah. But like, what I'm saying is that it's accentuated. The oversteer part is accentuated in two strokes, gotcha. just because it's it's so much more. Well, potential. we talked about this. Yeah, in the four stroke, the one thing I noticed you never had to really worry about. I mean, unless it was wet, wet or something, you could just you didn't have to worry about oversteer induced by throttle pretty much ever. Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, unless you're driving the. F track wrong or you're doing something weird but if you're running the well, racing line like i could do oversteer in the four strokes just because the way i set it up but it wasn't like oversteer where you're going to spin right you know whereas right the, like the two okay we'll use the example of canaan on the half track when you're coming out onto the straight 
Yeah. You see the two strokes and the shifters, they can loop it right there. You would never see that in like a world formula. You're just not going to, unless there's some contact even, or something weird going even on. Even there, I wouldn't say you're going to go around in a two stroke because you're kind of below the power band because that, that second to last corner is so slow. That's what I'm talking about. But the shifters, those things loop it there. Oh, often. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, they're in the power band at all times. You know, the show. Dude, I wish shifters weren't so expensive and just weren't so insane to run because I would, they're so fun. So, so, so fun. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to lie. They kind of scare the shit out of me a little bit. Yeah, they're scary. But I think you but should be afraid as, of it until you told, approach it, you know? As I've told you and I've told many people, if anybody ever offers you to drive a, two, a, um, a shifter cart, do not hesitate. Yes is always the answer. Of course, of course. Always. Now, what is it like braking with that, with the two front brakes? It's ridiculous. Does it feel very different? You yes. can brake, I assume, yes. a little bit later. And go a little... way deep. No, no, no. A lot later. A lot no shit. later. It's ridiculous how much better it is. It's yeah. it's amazing. It's like uh, the, the few times I've driven a shifter, it's just instant smiles and just instant like this it's it's like carting on cocaine dude it's, how do you but here's the thing i mean if you're used to sequential gear like banging through the gears in that fashion on the steering column mm-hmm. is not natural if you've never done it so i feel like that would be a little no but you just gotta think motorcycle logic uh, what if you don't ride a motorcycle yeah uh, sure i mean i rode atvs all throughout my childhood which is but the all same you're doing is banging so on the upshifts you keep your foot planted right no. oh you know no, you're you right lift. you told me that yeah you gotta lift, lift. on the upshifts which is bizarre because in a car with a sequential you don't lift on the upshifts, and sometimes you would uh, lift well, you, on the downshifts. You or don't. Whatever, you don't up. lift on the upshifts for cars because a lot of cars that have that these days automatically cut the throttle for you. I'm just talking about like an old school, like a um, what do you call those things? The um, Australian. Uh, well, the V8 supercars. Yeah, no, they lift on upshifts. See, I thought they really. Yeah. Um, okay. I At think least, they the, did. Yeah. I would but nonetheless, so, so you, you're just because you're gonna be you're gonna be pegged at like you know yeah the rev limiter when what about when you're when so you're just you're shifting mostly in anticipation for that you're not gonna shift in the middle of a turn I imagine because you're going too fast doing too much what a shifter cart yeah I would think no you have to really think the fountain corner at uh, F1 Outdoors okay yeah you're gonna have to shift a gear around that corner no shit oh yeah that's actually so when when uh, is it sketchy though like. When you engage yeah, next it's year, it's gotta be. It's gotta. I don't know. I've but never you done. have to. You you have to do it. You know what I mean? When um when Josh Dennis had his shifter cart there, he brought it to F one outdoors for a test session one day, and that was one of the things he complained. Well, I wouldn't say complain, but he was saying like, you know, he couldn't finish the day just because of how painful it was. Just getting getting ribbed into the seat, right? Because you're one handing it while you're banging right, the gears, right? He said he was going around that fountain corner, having to let go of the wheel to grab the shifter, throw it up, and then get, get back. He said it was very difficult, but yeah, you have to do it. Huh? That's shifter cart racing. You cannot be a slouch physically. It's just six, six yanks, right? Six speed. Yep. Wonder, One down, five. So let's say at the forward. hairpin, uh, we'll use the uh, X One Outdoors. What gear would you go down into? Like third, or would you go lower? Oh, I don't know. I can't tell. All you. right, I'm just curious if you ever really need to get. You know, all the way down into first. Pro- I wouldn't think you would. No, I would think first is probably just launch. Right. And that's it. Right. First has got to be real short. I bet you first gear gets you up to like 15, 12 miles an hour, something like that. Right. You know, and the rest of the time you're all the way up to. Dude, you're flying all the time. You're probably third is the lowest, I bet, because you're just, think about it. Might be. What's the slowest you've ever, when no, any track I've ever seen a shift cart, they're at least doing 45 miles, 55 miles an hour, almost always. At all times. I mean, I don't know. I mean, 
I think they're slightly heavier than than uh, regular carts. So I bet you. Talking about the drivers? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, Do the shifter cart drivers though? They're all f- big, not necessarily fat, but they're just bigger dudes. Sometimes I've that they're they're not like the Brad Brad Danoff who races shifter. He's not really a big guy, is he? Small? I mean, he's mu- he's muscular and he has to be for for his size. But like, um, that's why. I think that's why you, you probably think you don't that. see any scrawny folks. Well, all right, all right, all right. Wait a minute. So. Some some of the uh, some guys who race shifter cart are guys that just have money because they they want to get into go karting and they look at well what's the fastest oh shifter carts yeah that's what I'm gonna 10 do ten grand I got that yeah fifteen grand f- it I'll do that and they're not necessarily the most in shape people and <laughs> I've seen plenty of examples of that yeah I can imagine but it and, makes me wonder uh, you look at like the Formula One crowd like Lando and them I wouldn't picture them in a shifter cart you know actually no. wait they didn't use they don't race. Like in Europe, they're not even racing shifters, were they? Like when I think so. Is that what they like? You see the old Schumacher videos and stuff. Were they shifters or were they? You know what? I don't know how how recent the shifter cart class is, or any shifter cart, any kind of shifter cart is, because when you look at like Senna or you look at Schumacher and any of those guys that came up through the ranks, um, they don't appear to be driving shifter carts. I don't know when when carts all of a sudden had transmissions. You know what I mean? Um, I would argue that even, even the kids that are coming up today going into car racing don't necessarily need to touch shift to car racing because you can be 16, 15 years old in a tag. You know what I mean? And if you're good, you just move all on. of a sudden you're 16, 17 years old driving an F3. You know what I mean? So you never ne- have to necessarily yeah, even touch shift to cars. skip it. Yeah. 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 Um, it's funny. I recently saw a video. It must have been another podcast with uh, Danny Formal, who was one of the best kart racers in the country. He was talking about how he's disappointed that um, a lot of people don't bother or don't really even consider doing the shifter class because he does the shifter class when he can, and he considers it the top echelon of kart racing that you can do. Well, I would imagine it's you know? probably the top echelon of any racing you could do, like to a degree. Well, no, Formula One's the top echelon. No, of any no race but I, I meant as far as uh, actual, just all-out skill, challenging on your body, everything. Right, and he was saying, like, I don't agree with him on this, but he's more of a kart racer, more into it than I am, more in shape and whatnot. He was saying, like, you know, I can do 200 laps in a tag, and I will never get tired. And that that was the part where I was like, dude, I can only do like 20 and I'm dead. <laughs> but he says like, you know, after a 20, 25 lap race and a shifter, I'm, I'm feeling it, man. And that's, um, yeah, he was just making, basically making this big point that like, that's the, that's the top tier go-kart racing that you can do in the world. And it's a shame that not enough people are, are trying to get there and not enough people are trying to, you know, do it in some type of real, you know, well, for way. shit's sake, man, eventually you got to skip something because think about it. If you were to work your way up through every rank all the way from four-stroke to two-stroke to shifter, then to F3, F4, like, it's, it's going to take too long. Let's face it. If you're talented and winning, usually you just kind of like skip on by. Right. I think it's 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 weird with, with shifter because like it seems like yeah, shifter is absolute the top echelon of car racing you can do in the country. It's I would say it's it's even more it's more um more intense and uh, more difficult than like two fifty cc supercarts. I was gonna say I was gonna bring that up. Yeah, the laydowns or whatever. Yeah, the, I mean those guys. Yeah, they go faster. They'll do one hundred and thirty five, hundred forty miles an hour in a go kart, and that's pretty impressive. But you're not 
constantly shifting as 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 often. You're not constantly taking corners as often. You're not pull. You're probably not pulling the same G's because a, a 250cc shifter cart is definitely heavier than a regular go kart with mm. you know a shifter cart or a shifter motor on it. Um, to me, it seems like if you're going into shifter, yeah, you'll be at the top echelon, but you're going to be with a bunch of guys who probably aren't necessarily looking to get into auto racing professionally anymore at least at least with cars because yeah. like i said you can go immediately from tag senior as a 15 year old to f3 in a you know as a 16 or 17 year old yeah it's a, it was an interesting topic i should probably i i saw about 10 minutes of that clip and that's all it was i'd love to find the rest of that podcast and listen to the whole thing to just oh yeah get a feeling for what they were talking about i never really think about professional karting to be honest with you i only think about what i do and i think about our club and that's about it i don't really think beyond that um it is interesting to hear from the guys who do it professionally like guys who get paid to race go-karts and actually see, is crazy isn't hear it? their opinions about how how the sport's going on i think their opinions are a little bit skewed like that kid danny formal like I was saying, he's going on like more people should be doing shifter. It, it, that should be what everybody's want, trying to do. That's that's where everybody should go. And it's like, yeah, dude, but like you're like a kid. You're 20, maybe 21. And you probably didn't have to pay for much of what you did. <laughs> you you got I'm assuming that a lot of your racing was all paid for throughout your childhood. And you don't have to deal with the bill. You don't have to. It's not like everybody who races go-karts has a crew and has mechanics and has the the money and who can buy who can spend six figures on karting every year a lot of a lot of those guys must be spending a hundred grand absolutely six figures easily these are the guys that buy a pallet of engines at the beginning of the year and a pallet of carburetors and a pallet of frames they test them all out to find the best on that pallet and then they resell the rest of it you know what i mean speaking of that yeah i don't know somebody's doing burnouts out there (laughs) weird but it, it's going real hard <laughs> wow um it's funny if it gets picked up but it, it was just funny to me to hear to hear him going like so intense with that perspective when like what the hell is going on out there? Oh, it just... <laughs> there's gonna be like a plume of smoke all right we window. got a burnout going on out there i guess it's a boy whoa <laughs> yeah blue smoke woo um not that there's anything against pink smoke you know um i let the baby decide uh, well we're getting we're getting uh yeah i don't know what's going on abducted again <laughs> um uh, but yeah it was it was just so funny to hear that perspective when like most i would think most of kart racing these days is the club level and that's where the reality of go-karting is but I don't really see the professional level enough. Maybe maybe there is a lot more professional karting than there is club karting. I think karting. you look at it with a logical mind. I try to. I like logic, you know? <laughs> yeah, you got to keep it in perspective. I, if you wanted to be a professional at it, you just would have had to have that in your brain and everyone else's brain around you that that's what you want to do from the age of five or whatever. Yeah. You know, I would say, you know, I wanted to race cars ever since I was five years old, but I'm a first generation. But there's racer. a difference I, between that and go with the um, mentality of going pro, I think. Yeah. You got to approach it like it's your life and you're going to soak. It's like anything, dude, to be a professional musician. You're a musician right now. Damn good one. But oh, I think to be a professional, that's just what you've got to be pressing on right yeah. from the get go. You yeah. can't, it can't be like a side thing. I, right. I just don't think. Yeah. No matter what you're doing, it just, it can't, 
we were just talking remember, about YouTubers, like the people that do videos professionally, they do one every day. It's their life. Right. And you don't even know yet, but video editing takes a long time. I f***ing, that's why I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like if we didn't do video for the podcast, yeah. this podcast would come out tomorrow. It'd be up on your drive home. You'd be doing it on your cell phone or yeah, whatever. Yeah, almost. Um, but because of the video and because of the, you know, other shit like that, it takes me like three or four days to get one of these out mm-hmm. just cause I got to work, dude. All right. So like, let's say I wanted to race shifter carts. If I could have the money, but also the time to continually be going to the gym and whatever else to be ready to race shifter carts. And I, if I had, you know, a, a crew of guys to help me out, cause doing it, doing it as a one man band, as I currently do with tag is already like, it's stressful enough. I can't imagine trying to manage a shifter cart. And all of its parts no. and all of it. I mean, there's guys that do it, I'm assuming. But um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And if I had, I would need more time in my life to really make it happen. And more money, to be honest with you. The important thing is you're having fun right now. And, yeah. Uh... I am. I'm having fun in tack. It's still challenging to me. You know, when I was racing World Formula, I won a few championships. I, I needed to move up. When I moved up to tag last year... I wasn't doing as well, you know, within the class, but that's good. I needed a different challenge. I won one race as opposed to usually I'll win like three or four races a year in World Formula. You know what I mean? So I'm right where I need to be right now. I'm not going to be a professional car driver probably in my life. It's just, it's You know, to be a professional, by the way, you can just go get a um, Skip Barber certification if you want to pay for it. It costs thousands of dollars. But you could technically just go get, you can get like the license to literally go out and run like uh, whatever series you want. Yeah, but even then, I'm not going to be a professional. I'd be paying out the ass to run whatever series I want. But you still could say you're a professional. That's my point. No. So, yeah, at the end of the day, money will buy you whatever you want to be. I understand. You're not going to be a good but one. To but to call yourself a professional, even if you're paying for it. I know you're saying you got to get paid. It's like you, GTD Pro versus Am, you know. It's like yeah, at least you gotta get paid with like sponsor money or something yeah. like that. Well, we're sponsored. Something. You're sponsored. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I think I gotta pay my electric bill yeah, or something. Yeah, you do before they shut it yeah. off. Yeah, either so. that or <laughs> as you said, the aliens are coming. Yeah, yeah. We don't have much time. If this is the last transmission, <laughs> tell my family I love them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in to episode 15 of the Formula Hooligan Podcast. I am Alex Gomes. And I'm Charlie Hosey, and we'll see you guys after the Miami Grand Prix with all their fake water and boats. That's right. Hopefully the race is not as fake as the people watching it. I don't disagree. (laughs) I don't mind the fake people, but let's just have good racing. Yes, yes. All right. right. Have a good one, everybody. Cheers. That was crazy. What was going on out there? I don't know. It sounded pretty legit. Like, didn't it?